All right, new chapter, new chapter. Tried the whole home studio thing. That just didn't work out. Oh, well, now this means I have to be in here with Maestro. And more importantly for him, he has to be in here with me. <laughs> GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I've got him so shook up he put his headphones on backwards. You're all, he's still putting them on backwards. He don't know which side is which. He, he <laughs> no, I had, I had them all right originally. That's called, yeah. that's called being disorientated. If you're if you're British, because they, they always find another letter. There's always another letter, like an aluminium. There's always another letter in the word. You ever drive to Columbia? Oh yeah, used to do it all the all the time. My chiropractor's in Columbia, so this past weekend I was driving to Columbia. Oh wow, we got a call already. Um, so driving to Columbia, and this this means I'm going down 26, which has been under construction since I was 12. And it's always going to be under construction. And it's always going to be, be something happening. And I'm, I, I just have this issue with one thing when it comes to driving, which is, of course, the other drivers. Now, one thing about males, that whole thing that Jeff Foxworthy talks about, how we want to make good time and everything when it comes to driving, that's that's – the reason that's such a good joke is because that's all based and grounded in reality. Now, all of that notwithstanding, notwithstanding, um, I, I am, of course, limited to to how fast everybody else is going. We, we, we got somebody who wants to talk about something? Joe from Hendersonville. Okay. Well, Joe from Hendersonville, what can I do for you, sir? Hey, how's it going? Yeah. I just had got through listening to Terry, you know, right before you. And just talking about all the things like that went on, you know, in Israel and that thing and what's still going on. Maybe there could be a global call to a group that hasn't been seen in a long time, but maybe needs to shed light back on the subject again called the Order of the Dragon. It was formed by John Hunyadi and Vlad Drekul. Okay. To deal with these certain types of uprisings around the world. Well, I mean, this wasn't an uprising. This was an attack. How, how when you talk, how, how, so who, who would be the one in the, in the uh, order of the dragon? Uh, do they, do they have a, a, uh, a, a primary philosophy about what, what their main agenda is? The protection of the Christian church. Ah. And yeah. So they wouldn't even have a dog church. in that fight, would they? You're protecting his children, Israel. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I don't know why that is not the way. I I suspect it's all this secularism that has taken root in the is, is the order of the dragon still in operation today? In probably in some small spots. Yeah, but not enough to be a cohesive military unit. Yeah, not not, not enough to go against like if they did against, or against anybody really. Today. Probably right against anybody. Right. I mean that's that's a that's a massive undertaking. I but mean, it should be a push forward. Stop. It should be. I don't disagree with you. I do not disagree with you. That's uh. One of America's problems right now that we have, and I was about to talk about that, but uh, yeah, we, we we do have a problem with that. But I don't disagree with you on that at all. I just had never heard of them. It. Yes, sir. Thank you. And one thing I want to do because he's he's working in Greenwood right now. My my one of my oldest friends that still talks to me today, <laughs> Robert Blizzard. He and I started went to we went to uh, we went to elementary school together, we went to middle school together, we went to junior high school together, we went to karate school together. 
started at the same time and everything. He's working in Greenwood, probably giving them cable and internet. I shout out to you, sir, Robert Blizzard. Yes. But back going going down there, going down 26, uh, where they're doing all the construction is quite it, – it is, it is pocked with features. So you have to hold on with both hands when you're driving. <laughs> and inevitably, on my way down there, and it's less than 100 miles from door to door, inevitably, on my way down there, there's going to be something that happens, and then everybody has to stop on the superhighway. Except it isn't super anymore now. It's just a parking lot with, you know, one long, one long, uh, you know, parallel parking space. And uh, and then we get down there, and it's always on the side of the road. It's not even in the road. Although this past week, everything was in the road. We had one truck that was going down there that was too tall for the bridge. We had, an, we had, had another truck that I guess he was uh, texting, or maybe he fell asleep, whatever it was. A semi rear-ended another semi. And then we just had the usual, uh, you know, the usual people that wanted to drive 38 miles per hour in the left-hand lane. And I, I, I don't understand what this, our, our uh, predisposition is towards rubbernecking when we see somebody in duress. Because all I'm thinking about is, doggone, I'm glad that's not me. And I'm, I'm on my way. If it's something really bad, if it just happened... I would get out and I would pull out my little bag of tricks and I would I would render whatever first aid or trauma care I could, and uh, I would uh, help. I would try to stabilize whatever was there. But that's only if I'm like the first one there. If that's already happening, I'm I'm going right by it. I'm I'm not stopping to look. I'm not stopping to rubberneck because I'm keeping my eyes on the road because everybody else is always riding the brake. They're always popping the brake. They're always texting while they're on there. They'll be watching a movie. Phone holders. If I can see, if I can see Fast and Furious through the the rear window of your car, you should not be driving the car. You should not be watching no flicks when you're driving the car. When you're driving the car, and especially on 26, because 26, uh, you know what speed limit is on 26, Maestro? Uh, 70. That's just a suggestion. Yeah. Not in Newberry, though. Why? Why? What's happening in Newberry? I always like. I always get pulled over in Newberry. I've. Ne- I haven't seen a police officer since I've been going up and down the road. Well, either way, I think it was last year at some point I got pulled over by a Newberry cop. That's because you're a young man. See, when you become mm-hmm. an old man like me, they'll just look at me and be like, "Oh, that old timer. I'm not going to mess up his driving record." Mm-hmm. See, I hate that. <laughs> you hate. You hate that I get off, or you hate that you get picked on because you're young. Both. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be a hater. Don't be a hater. Whatever you do, do not be a hater. Anyway, though, I, what is the question? My, my question is, why are we so fascinated by the misfortune of others that we will stare at it? I'm surprised I don't see a bunch of people whipping their phone out and leaning out the window, filming it with their, with their iPhone. Rick, going to go viral, world star, you know, putting that out there. That doesn't happen everywhere. When I used to live up north, like, uh, people just drove right by it. Down here, no, everybody stops to look. It's crazy. Yeah, but, I mean, we're only just now getting used to this crazy traffic like they have up north. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's why That's why up north the 15-minute city concept takes root because nobody wants to drive for longer than 15 minutes. There. Right. Everything, if they can have it all concentrated in one place to where they don't have to get in a car, that's a good day. They it's go, a very good day. They can get the dry cleaning, the groceries, and whatever music they got to buy. Well, you don't even have to do that. If, they, if their internet service is there, they're good to go. So, 
I just I just found that interesting because even when I got into Columbia, which once you get on the four string or the four lane highway, once you come at come into exit one hundred one, it goes from being, uh, you know, ninety miles an hour to let's go back in time. <laughs> yeah. Until you get up to where exit twenty is or I twenty is, and then everybody slams on the brakes again, and for those two lanes to be taken up, the other two lanes on the outside, they just get slammed on. Mm. And then if you make it all the way through there, then you get to where the uh, university is, where everybody out there is, uh, they all look like they're 12 and they'll just walk right in front of you. <laughs> oh, my in, God. In it drives me insane when they do that. College kids. Yeah, there's like a whole portion. There's of not there. a single coffee shop worth going to in Columbia either. And they even closed down all the Starbucks. Yeah. So for those of us like coffee shops, we're just, we have to go to Casey. There's a coffee shop near Casey, near where Curtis Loftus lives. So, mm-hmm. I know where Curtis Loftus lives. So, don't be a hater. <laughs> anyway, I just I, when I was driving down the street, and I was driving around here yesterday too. I saw some crazy stuff happening out here on Mad Max Boulevard. We we don't need to be doing this, people. We 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 have ascended. We have come out. We don't live in the caves anymore. We don't swing from the trees. We have cars. We can, we can, you know, and we can, we can conduct ourselves uh, competently in our cars. We should be. That should be our thing. And uh, at, at the very least, uh, you know, don't slam on the brakes in front of me because I like the way my front end looks just the way it is right now. Got a nice little, got a nice little vanity tag on the front of it. Everything's beautiful. Now, exactly how does a country that has been attacked? By another country, how do they build up enough credit to be out to be able to go in there and just clean their clocks till they're tired of doing it? That's a question. Well, I mean, you know, it was put out there by Antony Blinken. That should probably be enough. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. I was around when this song came out, children. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Some of you would be going out there. Well, that just means you're old, Bill. No, that means I was alive when good music was made. <laughs> oh, yeah, Stevie Wonder's awesome. Yeah, he's I still, like Stevie Wonder. If he still lives here, I don't think he still lives here. I think he lives in Ghana now. I mean, I'm not sure. That was his plan. Anyway. Great music, though. Yeah, yeah, good music. I can still put some stuff out. I'll listen any day. So in, in the Middle East, whenever something bad happens, most of the time you're dealing with a 7th century sort of uh, agenda, 7th century mindset. And, uh, you know, so you can see all the graphic and horrifying details you want to. And um, let's say you're, you're, you're a country and you're sitting there and you're, you're just minding your own business. You're having a couple of raves. It's a holiday. You're just not doing anything. You're observing a ceasefire that you are, whatever you want to call it, whatever the truce agenda, whatever the agreement is. And then they come in on parasails and start killing your people wholesale. Now, let's for a second pretend in the world of diplomacy that there's no such thing as a credit score, because there isn't. Unless, of course, you're Antony Blinken, which explains why this is a thing. Now, what happened on October 7th, was so bad that all of this stuff is being blocked. You can probably go find it if you want to, 
But you're not going to find it on any of the uh, social media things because they're supposed to be, you know, they've got community standards. But, of course, by t- if you listen to two-thirds of what's on social media, it's perfectly fine to commit the acts but not talk about them or display them. So enter Antony Blinken. First of all, why doesn't he have an H in his name? Why isn't he Anthony? Why is he Antony? That's all beside the point, I guess. He said that Israel doesn't have the credit to wage a long war. Now, to me, that's the same, that's the same sort of comment as I wear five-inch heels for ammunition. But, uh, you know, here's the thing about this. The IDF is, uh, is a unit as a fighting force, uh, has always been tested. Everybody in there that serves has always seen combat. It's not like when I was in the military where there were some guys that had seen combat and most of them hadn't. Uh, we're about to enter a, per- a period like that now because we shouldn't be going and waging combat with anybody because we're completely un- underprepared for it. But um, in the IDF, these guys live with it. They live with combat. They live with violence on a regular basis. They're always targeted. Everybody there serves. So there's nobody there that hasn't served and seen what that, what's that, what that is like. So where on earth does the idea that somebody does not have the credit? I hear that too. I hear what you're looking for. But where does that come from? And in the eyes of Antony, what does Israel have to do in order to earn the credit to defend and avenge, and this is this is not about getting payback. This is vengeance. That's what that's what, that's why we wage war. Vengeance. If we're attacked and we go attack, we we get we we get uh, you know kinetic with them. Part of this is vengeance. And you know what boxes have to be checked in order for them to burn it? You know to get enough credit. This Israeli baby burned alive. What is that baby worth on the credit score? Or the beheaded one. Or the unborn one ripped from its pregnant mother's stomach. What are they worth? Or the brutal gang rapes. I I cannot imagine a gang rape so bestial that they break the woman's pelvis. (laughs) Yet that's what they did. That's what they did. And then when they were done with them, they would just shoot them in the head. How much credit are they worth? It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. And here, here's the, this is this is the way this is going to work, and this is the way it does work. The IDF is not going to Israel's not going to listen to anybody on this. So, knowing this, we should be looking at everything going on in the country right now, where all of the colleges are up in arms about, you know, freedom for Palestine from the river to the sea, all this other stuff. We should be looking at them and saying, that's not going to happen. You need to move on to the next thing. What's going to happen? You're not going to be down for, so you should look away. Because what is going to happen is going to be a very calculated military operation, and it's going to take these guys out. And it's going to do what you have to do when you're dealing with Islamic fundamentalists. When you're dealing with people whose whole agenda is your eradication, you have to deal with them uh, 
as they say in, you know, as they say on uh, Apocalypse Now with extreme prejudice. When is this administration going to just stand up and categorically state? And you know what I keep hearing? I keep hearing about how, uh, you know, the Middle Eastern America is turning away from Joe Biden because of his position on this. Um, and the news, the news is making out like that's a bad thing. If that's really happening, um, what are we to make of that about these Middle Eastern people that are here in the United States that think this is a perfectly okay to think, thing to do? So the other question I have, and this is the most pressing one, where on earth do we get, where did we get the moral stature to be able to look at another country dealing with an, with an event there and say to them, you need to stop. We we don't we don't have that stature. We don't have that. We we've certainly given that away during the during the Biden administration. We've given all of that away. Ah, oh, there's that guy again. There's old uh, what is it three six one eight six one whatever. <laughs> Back again. This guy reminds me of herpes simplex 10. No cure for him. Can't get rid of him. Always going to be there. Is there some, do you know if there's some sort of cream for that there, Maestro? For 861-361 or whatever his cat's name is? I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I know that he's always on the text line. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's always on the text line. He can never call him because he's always blowing leaves because he works in yard maintenance, which is That's great. Right. There is no bad jobs out there. However, as much as you text, as often as you're here, you could find one day when you're not blowing the leaves, when you've already blown the leaves, when you've already cut the grass, to where you could call in and, and belly up, son. And if you're not going to do that, when, you, when you're texting on here, just remember this. We're, we're, we get a good giggle out of that. Yeah, and don't blame me this time. The phone line's open. Phone lines are open. And I'm sitting here with him, and if he calls in, if you call in, you are definitely getting in. You're, as a matter of fact, you're jumping ahead of anybody else who might be waiting. So now I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, well, listen, I actually have work to do, and I don't have time. You have time to be texting? <laughs> that takes your thumbs. How do you hold the, the leaf blower and text at the same time? Is that something you millennial guys have done? Have you developed another hinge on the thumbs there? I haven't. You haven't? No. Okay. I, I don't see how that's even possible. Anyway. <laughs> no, no I, I, got, I got no bones with anybody that is a uh, landscaper at all. Those guys, they work in the worst weather all the time. Yeah. Make things look beautiful every stinking time. And then come and, 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 and don't complain about nothing unless you're this guy who complains about everything. Well, you know, Freddy, Israel could have stopped the attack before it started using its cutting-edge security but chose to stand down for political and financial gain. Do you understand what would actually happen if that actually got caught being done? Do you understand that? All of you inside job people, do you understand what happens to those people? And I'm not talking about legally. I'm not talking about legal. If, if definitive evidence ever came out of that, do you know what happens to those people? They would be torn asunder. If you want to sit back and say, oh, well, Netanyahu let this happen because his, his administration is in trouble, so he did it for the optics. Yeah, okay. Sure thing. It's always so much better to be at war than it is to be at peacetime that we'll do it for the optics. <laughs> I think we have uh, 
Who we got? Uh, we got, we, I think it's Mr. Feldstein, uh, Jonathan Feldstein. We're going to be calling him into Israel to find out how it's going now that the combat is resumed. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 line Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Joining me now from APOC Times and from somewhere inside the interior of Israel is Jonathan Feldstein. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, Bill. Good morning. Thank you. How are you? How'd your visit with your son go? My visit with my son was wonderful. Yeah. The news today is that my son is going in, going in or may already be in Gaza right now. Right. So you went in and got to see him before they resumed military operations, yeah? We didn't go into Gaza. We went to his base, which is right. about 45 minutes away. But he, right. he sent me a text about three hours ago that says they were taking away his phone, and he's going in. Yeah, that's something that I guess they probably learned from the Russians. The Russians were doing all those selfies, and they, they were finding them with the metadata on the pictures. That Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant military tactics. So— when you are in this period now to where they have resumed the military operation mm -hmm. part of it, what changes in Israel as far as for you folks back home besides you sitting there worrying about your son? Well, worrying about my son this morning was the second, third, fourth day in a row. I don't remember anymore at 6 o'clock in the morning when we turn on the TV, you hear the hor horrific words cleared for uh, broadcast, and they had list the names of the soldiers who were killed on the previous day. Um what I've been very, very pleased to see is the country is very resolute still about about defeating Hamas and getting back the hostages. And it's also heartwarming. We've been hearing horrific things about how the hostages have been treated, the ones who have been um, released. Um, but all of them, all of them and every one of their family members aren't content just that their own loved ones are back. Everyone is saying we need to continue till we get them all back. And that's that's the kind of unity we need. So, in, in past times in Israel, have have has been there been a fragmented, splintered part of society that sits back and goes, you know, this fighting is not getting us anywhere. We really need to find a way to find a two-state solution. That, that kind of nonsense. Um, to, whether two-state solution or not, um, what it, what does happen historically, and it's been in other operations, when the death count of soldiers goes particularly high, you start to see. People second guessing that. Right. Um, that that's often, of course, because people are grieving. Their their sons are coming home in boxes, and nobody wants to see that. But um, it also it also gets into politics. Um, Israel's never been more um, uh, beat up from the October seventh massacre. Right. But at the same time, Israel's never ever been more unified. Well, you know, the one thing I, I when I trained with the IDF, one thing I, I noticed back, even back in the 80s is that they would take the, the, the IDF was particularly genius in taking things and reconditioning them and then reusing them yeah. for things they were not meant, you know, taking them beyond their supposed lifespan. And so every piece of equipment we saw while it was old, it was ready to go. And I can only imagine, yeah. you know, here we are 2023, that's 40 some odd years later. Um your son is—is is your son by chance working armor? 
No, nope. he's uh, infantry. Well, I don't know. Sometimes it's better to be infantry. It's a lot. It's a sm- smaller target. Smaller target. So. Yeah. We'll, we'll let you know when he comes home safe. Ground pounders. I'm sure he's going to be just fine. I'm sure. He, I've, yeah. I've never met an IDF soldier that was not competent. Maybe he's some of their confident. officers, but I never. I, no, I never met one of those guys either. I never met any of those officers. No. I only dealt with the enlisted guys. So. <laughs> By the way, one of the cool things is what long we're talking about him. His com- immediate commanding officer is a Christian Lebanese Arab who was born in Lebanon, who came to Le- Israel with his family uh, when Israel withdrew from Lebanon in 2000. And the whole group of South Lebanon Army uh, Christian militia that fought along with us was brought over, including this then five-year-old boy who's now a commander in my uh, son's uh, um, combat unit. Was he a counter-terrorist? Cool. Not counter-terrorist. He's just regular combat. He just okay. happens to speak Arabic, too. Yeah. One thing I've been hearing is that some of your Arabic neighbors are secretly telling you guys in, in confidence, wink, wink, that we really hope you take Hamas out. Uh, is that? Do you find any truth to that? Do you believe that? We've heard it, um, and and there have been hints of it in terms of some of our Arab neighbors not being terribly hostile as it relates to Israel and doing uh, taking care of business. Um, certainly, there are public statements that are not in favor of Israel. But you saw when when they put together some sort of um, pan-Islamic. Uh, meeting in Saudi Arabia, even the Saudis, which don't, which don't yet have peace with us, and and uh, several other states did not back the unconditional uh, end of the uh, of the combat at that point. So we're seeing things, but you know, it would be nice if they had the backbone to say we've we've attached our horse to the Palestinian wagon all these decades. And it's just enough. They've buried themselves. And we'll, we'll help pick up the rubble, but we're not going to defend them anymore because right. it's not in our interest. But they don't want them there either. I mean, Egypt doesn't want them. Jordan doesn't want them. No. No. Nobody, nobody wants the Palestinian Arabs um, to come because they're, you know, there's a poll that was done by an Arab uh, research group based in Ramallah recently that showed uh, 80, 90 percent of them are hardline terrorist supporting why would anyone want you know right. we don't need more of those people in detroit we don't want them more in any western country they don't want them in arab countries either because it upsets the uh, the balance that they attempt to strive for right the uh so when we're talking about palestinian arabs are we talking about the gazans are most of the god now they don't want the gazans right uh, they don't want the gazans now because the gazans are the ones that are being pressed and having to find places that they can go, and Israel's opened up corridors and set aside non-combat areas so so civilians can go and, and be out of harm's way. And, I mean, you I guys, mean, the, the yeah. IDF will literally open up and make a like a, a man-made corridor of people to let them go yeah. through, won't they? Yeah, yeah, and defend yeah, them as they're going right. through. I mean, they, they'll 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 uh, they they take on uh, they take on some some of their care and some of their responsibility for their safe being. Well-being. 100%. And I don't know any other army that's ever done that. They said, you know, you go here to this part of, of the Khan Yunus uh, city, and we're not going to be firing there now. Because that also, it's like, it's a stupid analogy, I know. It is, uh, is it Monday? No, it's Tuesday there. I don't even know what day of the week it is. Um, it, it, but it is sort of like showing your playbook to the op- opposing team. You know, okay, we're not going to we're not going to hit you on this side, but we're going to hit you on that side. And and it, we do that 
in order to in order to minimize civilian casualties. Well, you do that because you can you can pretty much at the, the thing about Hamas that I've always noticed is they're, they're really good until they're fighting somebody that can fight back. And, and then they sort of fall apart. They fall apart bad. So you guys can get out there and, you know, send them, text them, hey, we're going to be hitting you on the left flank and we'll be coming in hard. We're going to be using armor this time. Jonathan, uh, my, I, I will be, uh, your son is in my thoughts and uh, we'll be talking to you again. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. Always a pleasure. Find God Jonathan's stuff at apoctimes.com. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Now we're going somewhere. Now we're headed in the right direction. It's almost like an Eddie Murphy skit from the 80s when Eddie Murphy was still funny. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I, I saw this, and this reminded me of a skit where Eddie Murphy was talking to his dad. And his dad was threatening him. And, uh, you know, he, he did a... I'm not going to imitate Eddie Murphy because that's just not my place. You see, there's this, this used to be a magazine, children. Many moons ago, they used to take these things called pieces of paper, and they would take it and they would put things on it called words. And they put the words together on the paper, and then they would put the paper together and put pictures in it too, and they would call this a magazine. You can find some at Barnes & Noble. And there used to be a magazine called Salon. Now, back in the day... Salon actually showed finer things in life and sort of dallied in the leftist, liberal, sort of uh, democratic uh, agenda stuff in their politics. Now, of course, they're just hardcore Marxists, and they've gotten away from that whole finer things in life because they're so completely politicized. And what they've done, and they're pointing this out, and it's probably true, although who they blame it on is the big issue. Because, see, this is, the, this is because of Trump. Apparently, now... People aren't getting married as much as they used to. And if they're getting married, they're not having kids. Because Trump. Now, if you think about this, this actually goes pretty, you know, despite, the, I can't, what was it was Mary Matlin or something like that was married, not, not the deaf lady, but the other lady that subbed for Rush Limbaugh. And she, she was married to James Carville, which is about, you know, that's about as opposite as it goes. So, you know, back in the day, you could have, a differing of opinions and still love each other and want to get married and live in the same house. Not now. Because right now in college, women outnumber men in college. So that means they're getting indoctrinated into the whole leftist groupthink, which is why Bud, Bud Light is no longer a thing. Because a woman got a hold of that. Remember the marketing manager who wanted to take it away from the frat boy image? Uh, anyway, you see, as we've taken young Caucasian men and vilified them for being Caucasian and men, they have become more conservative. And the bastions of the leftist agenda are now, now the box Chardonnay swilling leftist white women. So they don't like each other. They don't want to do anything. And, you know, Salon, in their deep critical thinking, agenda-driven lexicon of uh, trying to piece things together, has blamed Trump. One of the writers, a what's this? What's this little girl's name? Amanda Marcotte. 
She says, supporting Trump is like is much like refusing to bathe, blowing your nose in your hands, or farting loudly on purpose. It's a repugnant habit that makes you repulsive to normal people. She is eluding the actual, you know, where the fault begins. But, um, the, you know, she's saying that Trump-supporting men have a tough time finding women to settle down with. No, they don't. Now, this, this is where we got the passport bros. This is why the passport bros have come, become a thing. But the, the fact of the matter is that you young Democratic women, you're so close-minded that you're not going to cross the party line to date. That's a story as old as time itself. It's always, you know, with the Hatfields and the McCoys, you always had a young Hatfield girl that wanted to date one of the McCoy boys. Despite the feud. Not now. Not now. Republicans are willing to date across party lines because they're less insane. And Democrats refuse to. Marcotte says it's bringing someone into your home who ascribes to an ideology in which you are not fully human. This has been going on since 2016. It's only gotten worse since 2016, though. The percentage of single women ages 18 to 30 who identify as leftists has gone from 20 to 32%. And young men have not gone the same way. That was a presidential year. They hyped Donald Trump as a fascist, a Russian secret agent, and an election thief. And Hillary Clinton was out front. Madonna was wishing she'd bombed the, the, the White House, and the mobs responded. And this is very much, uh, you know, the, all the crying and the screaming they did at the Javits Center. This is the 2023 version of it. Women... At the time, those women would have been angry at any man who defeated Hillary. But this was also the year that Antifa and Black Lives Matter began to march violently in the streets of Portland in response to mass shootings and police tactics. tactics. And then, of course, Trump. It was the year of Brexit and the Orlando Pulse shooting by an Islamic terrorist at a gay nightclub. And the gay and trans activists took to the streets after the shooting. So... Here's the issue, young people, all of you that are not married, that are not procreating, that are killing the American race, and I blame you all for it. Well, not you guys, not you. Only you leftist women. <laughs> Here's the question. Why would any right-of-center male want to date a gullible and mentally fragile woman who majored in critical Taylor Swift theory and who thinks, hi there, my name is Barton, I'd like to take you out. What do you think? Well, who'd you vote for? Well, Sort of personal. Why are you asking me that? Well, you got an NRA sticker on your car. Who'd you vote for? Uh, Trump? You're a fascist. You're toxic. Trump's not the toxic one. The, the, the young conservative guys are not the toxic one. You ladies are the toxic one. When we get back, I'm going to show you. Well, well, we're, we're already broke. You know we're broke. I'm going to show you your tax dollars at work. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. 